0: so glad to have you joining our podcast, Soul Talks, with Bill and Christy Galtier, and we appreciate you sharing Soul Talks with a friend.
1: This summer, we're doing a series of conversations on the classics of Christian devotion.
0: We may think the old books are dusty and boring, but C.S. Lewis said they bring us the clean sea breeze because they correct the mistakes of our age.
1: And in the Bible, Paul sets an example for us by reading the old classic books. We see this in Acts and in his letters to Timothy.
0: Sharing a classic with a friend makes for a great soul talk. Let's do it. We're in a series on the classic devotional masters here on Soul Talks. Welcome. Glad that you've joined us. And yes. today we'll be talking about imagining yourself in a gospel adventure.
1: Through Ignatian meditation.
0: Yeah. That's been a blessing for us and for a number of our soul shepherding friends.
1: It sure has. And so encouraging to hear from you, our friends listening. I received an email here from a friend who went through our TLC Spiritual Formation and Soul Care training, and she listens to our podcast and she says, hey, Bill and Christy, today I listened for the second time to your Stations of the Cross podcast. So that was a while back and got even more than I did the first time. Because this morning I heard the Spirit speak to me clearly out of Hebrews 12 about a painful relational breakdown. And when the writer said, fixing your eyes on Jesus, it really helped me because I did that. I fixed my eyes on him instead of what others think of me. And so she was saying that she just ate up the practical things that we shared on the podcast concerning our sensitivity about the crucifixion and judgment towards ourselves and others and denying ourselves. And so we just love that she's going deep, that she would listen to it twice, that she would participate in going in and meditating on Hebrews 12. And she would then practice that and really pay attention to how that's applying to her life and her relationships. That's exactly what we want, because that's how we get the most out of it. And Ignatius came up with these spiritual exercises to help us do that, to invite us into this very thing, because he learned this.
0: Yeah, just like him was fixing her eyes on Jesus there in Hebrews 12, as the writer tells us to do, that's what we do in Ignatian meditation.
1: It is. He gives us these great examples and opportunities to do that by suggesting scriptures going through the life of Jesus that we can really enter into using our imagination that God gave us to imagine ourselves as being there as a character at the time with Jesus that this was happening.
0: So for our listeners, I think it will help you appreciate Ignatian meditation if we just give you a little bit of the story of St. Ignatius and how he developed this way of reading and listening to God's word. He was uh, back in the 16th century, Ignatius of Loyola, and he was a soldier uh, in Spain there. And uh, in a battle with the French, his leg got hit by a cannonball. Ouch. Yes. Shattered his leg, extremely painful. And he was convalescing in bed uh, with, you know, medical treatments and so forth, trying to recover. And He wanted to read the popular fantasy novels on romance and chivalry that he so much enjoyed. (laughs) And he used to like to lose himself in those stories. But there wasn't any of that in the the home that he was in. And so instead, he was given a book on the life of Christ that featured gospel stories. And what he did was, is he read those stories in the gospels in the same way he used to read the novels.
1: Imagining.
0: Imagining, entering in, uh, visualizing, sensing, experiencing Finding himself in the story,
1: and he let it shape him the way that he had been shaped by these stories that he had been reading before. These stories he had been reading before had shaped him to be kind of a flashy dresser and be real into image and and what people thought of him and getting attention that way.
0: Yeah, what we read about, yeah. what we listen to, certainly what we visualize and admire, mm-hmm. it forms us. Yes, it does. And so yeah. now, instead of being formed in all these uh, fantasies about a courtly. Uh, knighthood and chivalry and, and dancing with the ladies and being the military hero and all this narcissistic stuff, he was imagining himself with Jesus mm-hmm. and doing life with Jesus and being his disciple and learning from him and, and being on God adventures, following the, the spirit of the Lord into new, new lands and new opportunities and new people and witnessing and being a part of healings and compassion. And, and this was shaping him. yes And it was making him become a better person. And so and it also brought him uh, emotional comfort in his distress and the pain he was going through and his mm-hmm. recovery from surgery. and it brought him healing. His mm-hmm. body was freshened and revived and renewed, and at one point they thought he was going to die, but he got through it, and it was the power of the Lord coming through his meditations on scripture. And so he decided to make this a way of life to the stories of from the Gospels of the life of Jesus and his death and his resurrection, and to just keep meditating on these and invite other people to do them with him.
1: Well, I'm so glad he did because God has used this. Ignatian spiritual exercises are now the most common of all time used by Christians and spiritual pilgrims seeking to grow in our our understanding of God and the Scriptures and life with Christ.
0: Yeah, lots of people, I'm sure many of you listening, you've done Ignatian Meditation. You might not have called it that, but where you really enter into a scripture passage and uh, visualize yourself in it. Sometimes this is combined with Lectio Divina, although Lectio Divina, Benedict's approach, isn't fundamentally about imagination. It's really about quieting, uh, simplifying your thoughts, and listening, whereas the Ignatian Meditation is all about the visual, the, the sensory, and using that approach to quiet our thoughts.
1: Well, certainly Jesus intends for us to do that because his teachings make such use of word pictures and examples. And it's so easy, you know, when we hear him say, the kingdom of God is like, and he's talking about a treasure in the field. You know, we use our imagination, so we picture that treasure and and all the parables that he tells, you know, we use our imagination to picture those things.
0: And so we want to help you learn Ignatian meditation as a uh, exercise I mean, it's simple to use your imagination. You might think uh, when you're reading the scripture passages, and there's truth in that, and there's just value in just doing that. But if you really want to learn Ignatius's approach and uh, how using your imagination and meditation can quiet your thoughts and help you be more contemplative, more experiential, and open you to hear God's voice, even uh, we have some training for you in our Ignatian meditation guides. It's a free resource on our Soul Shepherding website, and we have. A library of fifty Ignatian meditation guides that are going through a number of different gospel passages, well fifty of them through the life of Jesus, you know he experiences the the miracles, the healings of course the events surrounding his passion and his resurrection, also
1: yeah, you worked really hard to put these together before we did the Ignatius exercises. You spent a lot of time learning and trying to read Ignatius's book, which is very hard and confusing, mm-hmm. and putting together each of the passages he recommends and the order he recommends them and putting them in a way that makes it usable. Again, you were doing it for me, I think, to make it simple enough for me to really engage with. And you did a great job. And It's been such a gift to me to have those, honey.
0: Yeah. You know, well, I really wanted to, there's a purist in me that wanted to do it the way Ignatius would do it. And his manual is so complex that there are just Great variations of ways of doing the spiritual exercises because people take different interpretations on it. So I wanted to get back to the passages that Ignatius used that, that were so powerful in his life that led to the founding of the Jesuit order and you know so many thousands upon thousands of people becoming disciples of Jesus through Ignatius over the centuries. And so I wanted to go right back to his his methodology and the scriptures that he used. And so we had somebody mentor us in this during our sabbatical, that was part of our experience. And so our Ignatian Meditation Guides just lead you step by step. Each one has a, a title or theme that relates to some aspect of spiritual formation in Christ. Uh, has a brief introduction to the Bible passage. It includes the Bible passage on that one-page sheet that you can print off from our website. And we use the message version because that works so well for uh, our imagination. And then we teach you how to ask for the grace which is Ignatian discipline, and he has different graces that you pray for, and I I paired up the specific grace with the the scripture passage, you know, going through his exercises so that fits the theme, Uh, and then we guide you through uh, using your imagination and resisting analyzing the passage or seeking insights, but instead uh, seeking to sense and to feel, to experience, and of course the, the tool of Companioning with a character in the story. Mm -hmm. That's an Ignatius approach where you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to one of the characters that's in the story, or it could be a bystander. And then now you you hear the story and, and, and enter into it through the position of that character. Then the guide has a couple of focus questions, and this leads you into what Ignatius called a colloquy, which is a short personal conversation with the Lord and then there's space on the sheet for you to journal.
1: Yeah, it's a great process. And, you know, to find these guides, what I do is I just go to any internet browser, and I just enter Soul Shepherding Ignatian Guide, and it takes me right to the link, comes right up to click on that and find those guides, and they're all organized in order from start to finish in four weeks, 30 days, and Ignatian just, he kept doing these passages over and over, and they were forming him in Christ-likeness and And then people were seeing that and were drawn to him and were asking him to then mentor them in doing this and lead them in doing this. And so this is how it all started out of the overflow of his own experience. And that's what you're doing here. It's out of the overflow of the experience we've had with this, which has been so helpful and transformational. And one of the things I think, honey, that I've really appreciated about it is it really gets through my defenses And really gets to some of my root issues in my life. So an example of that would be, I remember the first week when we did the meditation on Luke 10 with Mary and Martha. You know, I kind of went into that with some preconceived ideas because that's a very familiar story to all of us. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I don't really relate to Martha that much. I'm not really type A. You know, you are. <laughs> but I'm more type B. I'm more laid back. And, you know, I'm, I maybe find it a little bit more naturally to be a contemplative, lay in bed and, you know, just be with Jesus and imagine myself at his feet and learning from him. Or... But as I went into the meditation, I was really surprised because I, I felt the Lord leading me in my imagination to be Martha. So I went with it. And I was so surprised because I found that I I was kind of, okay, Martha, I'm like eager to serve. I'm, you know, happy and excited to be serving Jesus. And I'm probably even taking pride (laughs) in how well I serve him because pride is a root sin for me. So that came up and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Here's my pride. And then I realized, well, okay, so what I do is I work really hard. I serve really hard towards an expectation of excellence. And then I wear myself out, and then I don't feel appreciated, and then I get resentful and angry. And that's what happened with Mary.
0: So wait a minute now. You're having all these feelings when you're reading a scripture passage.
1: Yeah, because I found myself in the scripture passage in the character of Martha.
0: Some of our listeners are scratching their heads like, well, I don't have all those feelings when I read the Bible.
1: (laughs) Well, when you really do these exercises, especially in a situation like we did, where you're doing it in an intense time, taking solitude all day to do nothing but meditate on scripture and doing it with a spiritual director and you know, really looking and, and feeling, entering into the passage, letting yourself have feelings, and then talk about that with the Lord and then with spiritual director, or in our case, also with each other. You start to really get in touch with some of these emotions and feelings and dynamics that normal life, we're, we're busy and defended again.
0: And I, I hope that you listening in know that my comments to Christy here are uh, ones of uh, endearment and affirmation yeah. because I really value and learn from you in how you read the scripture in a way that you open your, your heart to feel and to experience because that's the healthy way to read the Bible.
1: Well, honey, I didn't know how to do this before. I didn't used to. I used to think a Bible study is just kind of being boring or tedious or really difficult or just a hard, something I had to discipline myself to do.
0: This is a different way of reading the Scripture it when is. we use our imagination as a vehicle to open to our emotions and our needs and awarenesses of sin and, and struggle and so forth.
1: Yeah, it really is. So when I was imagining all this in this Luke 10 passage, I saw Jesus turn to me and say, Christy, you know, as as I was Martha, but you're focused on what you can do to earn my love. And I was like, bingo, I sure am. That's the problem I have in life. Mm
0: -hmm. And he was
1: saying, Mary is focused on receiving my love. And I want you to receive my love. I'm sad that you're trying to earn it. And then he he also revealed to me and showed me as I was having my little colloquy, my conversation with Christ and reflection on my experience here, that, you know, that's what Ignatian, that's what he did in these exercises. He was meditating on scripture and just receiving God's love in each one of these meditations. Instead of the love of a woman, which he'd been obsessed with before, he was receiving God's love and letting it fill him and transform him.
0: Well, you know what I so appreciate about your meditation there, honey, is that you're becoming a marinated Martha. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really the idea. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we divide Mary and Martha and think, oh, well, especially those of us who are seeking a deeper spiritual life, you know, as, as we are in soul shepherding, we tend to think, oh, yeah, Mary. So she's the ideal. And Martha, well, you know, she's just busy and bothered with so much and, you know, type A and kind of workaholic. And, you know, we need to be like Mary. And it's like, well, there's truth in that, but. There's work to be done too, yeah. And what Martha is doing is important. She's welcoming mm-hmm. Jesus into her home. She's she's making a meal. She's she's cooking. She's she's caring. And I mean, hospitality is an important ministry. Yeah. And there, there's work that that we do as as Christians: works of service, works of leadership. And this is important to God. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like sitting at Jesus's feet, listening and in, in prayer, is better than or more important than doing works of service and leadership. Right. They're both good. Mm-hmm. What is so important is that Mary's attitude is the key. And so you're taking Mary's attitude, attitude. her her, her mm-hmm. demeanor and bringing that into the kitchen and the workplace.
1: Yes. That's right. Receiving God's love and then overflowing it to others in service rather than serving to try to earn God's love or others. It's love is unconditional.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: what a blessing this meditation was.
1: It was, and every one of them was in different ways.
0: Now, say more about so our listeners are probably curious. And we did this on a, a sabbatical. We this mm-hmm. was uh, a year and a half ago. We had thirty days for our first sabbatical after all yeah. these years in ministry. It was it was kind of short, but yeah. it was it was meaningful. We unplugged mm-hmm. from all of our all of our work, our responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, even at home, we unplugged from you know email, technology, you know television, internet, and it was just you and I and Jesus and uh, Ignatian meditation and yes. our conversations with our spiritual director, and then we we decided not to do this in a monastery, and I w- want to thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, we could have done it that way, but we tell us why didn't we go into the monastery and, and do well, it? Well,
1: yeah, the purists would do this, you know, in solitude and silence for the whole thirty days, and maybe even doing some fasting. And well, you know, I'm a lightweight, Bill. I just I'm not an <laughs> aesthetic. You could have done it that way, but I would have gotten so depressed. And
0: you're um, not shut down. You're an aesthetic. You're a beauty.
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. You're not into Important extreme clarification. self-denial like no, an ascetic. That's right.
0: You're aesthetically oriented.
1: Yes, thank you for clarifying that. I get the words confused. But yeah, I, I would have been... I would have shut down, I think. And I don't know that I would have been able to stay connected with God's love through it all. It was so helpful to be able to process together, to, you know, to do this in community, and to be able to process together, and to be able to do it in a place where we had a beautiful place, to go out and walk and receive God's love in some ways like that, too. It's very helpful. And then mm-hmm. to have a spiritual director to listen to us and give us feedback.
0: So we had some time in, in solitude for our meditations and journaling and uh, conversational prayer with the Lord. And then we had some time together in, in soul talks.
1: Yeah, and then we had some time in study. We were we were studying Ignatian's life, reading his biography, watching some movies that had been done of him, some dramatic and some uh, that were commentaries or documentaries, and learning from him in those ways. It was really helpful. And then doing some things like I remember... When we were in meditation on Mark, we watched Max McLean's uh, word-for-word one-man recitation mm. and acting out yeah. of the Book of Mark, and that was very helpful for engaging our imagination as well with Scripture.
0: What a tool we have that we have these these Scripture passages, especially the Gospels, that are acted out for us dramatically, and we can yeah. watch that or, or attend a theater and see it.
1: Yeah, and then we took a lot of time resting, just you know, laying in bed. Praying for the grace of the day, such a meaningful thing to be turning our minds back to praying for the grace mm-hmm. for the day. Give an example of that, honey, a grace, what that means. Give, give our listeners an example. Yeah, so
0: here's one of our Ignatian meditation guides on soulshepherding.org. What do you want Jesus to do for you? That's Mark 10, 35 to 52 is the passage. And in that guide, the, we ask for the grace. Lord Jesus, I ask for the grace I desire a more personalized experience of God's grace that brings me spiritual relish and fruit. So good. So there are a number of these different graces that we pray for, and they, they're thematic. And we'll, we'll do a few meditations on each grace. So uh, a last comment uh, before we, we, we close with a blessing for our listeners is, we were amazed— That when we took the sabbatical together, and then we wrote about it in our uh, Soul Shepherding devotional email that we send out each week. And by the way, listeners, we hope that you all get that. We we love communicating with you that way. And we put it on our website. Then we started having pastors and pastor couples coming to us, wanting to meet with us for mentoring, for intensive counseling, for sabbatical work. Uh to, doing their their nation exercises, and we didn 't even anticipate that no
1: yeah. it 's become
0: one of our most important soul shepherding ministries
1: God uses all things
0: <laughs> it's tough to get these pastors disconnected and other leaders from yeah. their work
1: well, it's tough for us to do that too
0: but yeah. that 's where we can do the real soul work yes. when we get get some days to to really set apart
1: yeah well yeah. oh, Jesus, thank you for our listeners who long to be closer to you and form more in your likeness and thank you for the gift of Ignatian Meditation and how you use that to form us more and more in your likeness.
0: Amen. Amen. If you do an internet search on soul shepherding classics, you'll find our recommended reading list of the classics of Christian devotion and lots of short articles with excerpts from these great books.
1: You can also find our new archive of Ignatian Meditation Guides. We have over 50 one-page PDF handouts, that guide you in using your imagination to connect deeply with Christ and the Gospels. These are great for personal devotions or a small group.
0: SoulShepherding.org is a gathering place for hundreds of people every day who are gleaning from free resources like these and sharing them with others.
1: Drop on by. And while you're there, leave us a note. We love hearing from you.